Good evening and welcome to Romford Baptist Church this evening. My name is Ian, I'm one of the ministers here and it's my delight to be leading this worship and Vicky and other of our ministers will be preaching and leading us in communion later in the service. If you want to join us in the communion, you might want to just go and find yourself a small cup of something and something to eat as we remember Jesus' love for us through the breaking of bread and the sharing of the cup. The psalmist says these words, Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bow down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Let's sing the praises of God's name in our first hymn, To God Be the Glory. Let us come before God in prayer. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. So come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Lord, this evening we come to give you praise and glory for your greatness and your love, your hand upon our lives. We praise you, Lord, because you have done great things for us and through us. And we praise you, Lord, that you are with us here in this place. Lord God, we thank you for your love that reaches down to us. For your love that knows no end. And as we see it through creation and your hand upon us, we give you praise and glory and honour. <coughs> and so, Lord, we pray that this day... In our worship, you will have all our praise, all our love and all our adoration. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Saviour, who taught us to say when we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Our next song is that one, I cast my mind to Calvary. Oh, praise the name. We're now going to watch a video of one of the, the churches in the Eastern Baptist Association reading Psalm 23 before we have the ch chance to sing it together with the chorus, I will trust in you alone. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. I have all that I need. I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. I have everything that I need. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He lets me rest in green meadows. I have all that I need. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He leads me beside peaceful streams. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He renews my strength. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. He guides me along right paths. He guides me along right paths. He guides me along right paths. Bringing honor to his name. Bringing honor to his name. Bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. 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 For you are close beside me. I will not be afraid. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. For you are close beside me. For you are close beside me. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. For you are close beside me. I will not be afraid. You prepare a feast for me. In the presence of my enemies. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. I will not be afraid. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. 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 For you are close beside me. My cup overflows with blessings. I will not be afraid. I have all that I need. For you are close beside me. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. All the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. 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 And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. 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 
Forever. Forever. Forever. Forever. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Good evening, and it's lovely to be with you this evening. We're going to continue as we have our two Bible readings this evening. The first one from Luke 22 and the second from Acts chapter 2. Luke 22, beginning at verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfilment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Our second reading from Acts Uh, Chapter 2 starts at verses 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of God. May we have understanding as we look at it together, as we look at tonight's theme, that of communion. And in the first of those two readings, both of which will be very, very familiar to us, we see that group of friends sitting and eating together, something that they would have been so familiar doing over so many weeks and months and years. Eating together was something that they had done countless times. But tonight, at this moment that we can see recorded in Luke 22 and in the other gospel accounts, we see that something different happened. The normal routine is broken by Jesus when he breaks the bread and when he took the cup. That moment of significance during that meal when everything changed forever. And in the second reading, that reading where we see the apostles and the, and the followers and the disciples gathering together around another table, another group of believers meeting together and continuing to break bread. 
As they were gathered in their homes to worship and to pray and to give thanks to God, what was the difference between that meal and the other meal back in the account that we've had in the account of Luke? Well, Jesus was not with the apostles and the believers that we see recorded in this Acts passage. But Jesus and the act of breaking bread and sharing in the cup was being remembered. It very act of breaking the bread and lifting the cup was being repeated as an act of thanksgiving and remembrance. An act which in just a very short period of time we are going to be sharing together. At home, in here, wherever we may be. But the theme that was running through both of those accounts was the fact that firstly, they were eating together. And eating together is important. At our previous church, and I may have said this before, partly because it was much smaller than Romford Baptist Church, partly because we didn't have our own building, we spent lots of time eating together. In fact, any event, any outreach activity, whether it was on a Sunday morning and we did eat together regularly on a Sunday morning, really any excuse we could think of, we found a way to eat together. We ate together in small groups. We ate together as a church, sharing food with the people we were building relationships with out on the allotments or in the community or as we shared together. We ate together because eating together was a really important way that life as us as a church grew and deepened. Now, I'm not going to say that we were anything like the early church in Acts 2. That would definitely be overstating the mark. But we recognise that by eating together, spending time in conversation one with another, we were getting to know people in a much deeper way than we can on a Sunday or just coming in and out of different meetings. Eating together is a way that we build those relationships. And let's face it, Eating together in a home rather than, for example, in, in the church hall is so much nicer, isn't it? It's much more personal. It's much more welcoming. You are, in effect, coming in to someone else's home and into their life. Eating together. It's really important. And I think just as we think about the last few weeks and months, the people who have been on their own in their own homes, you may be watching this tonight, that is probably one thing you've really struggled with, eating on your own. Yes, you may be used to it for some times during your day and during your week, but every day for the weeks that this has gone on, it's been tough, hasn't it? When eating together is so important. If we look back at the example of the early church, we will see that some of the characteristics of the church eating together was their generosity to and for each other. The word aphelatos, aphelatos, I've had a go, uh, is used uniquely here in the New Testament from the Greek. It's basically saying the generous and sincere hearts of the believers. And perhaps if we think about that here in this passage in Acts 2 and then compare it with the, the church in Corinth, where we know that Paul accused them of their bad behaviour in the way that they gathered together and shared in communion and shared with one another with food. 
If we look at 1 Corinthians 11, that may be the passage that we instantly think of in terms to communion. But actually, if we look at some of the earlier parts of 1 Corinthians 11, you can really see Paul laying into the early church. It says this in verse 20, going onwards. So then, when you work, when you come together, it is not the Lord's supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. And as a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this manner. This warning, this telling off by Paul, this condemnation of their behaviour is in such stark contrast to that which we know was a teaching and example of Jesus. Jesus, who urged his followers to make that table open to all, who understood the importance of eating together, who, as we see from the early church, they had grasped that and knew the value of that. It didn't matter who they were or what they could bring, they together ate and shared and also broke bread and lifted the cup. When we think about sharing one with another, it reminds us of the blessings that we receive, as well as those that we can give when we share meals with one another. To have those generous and sincere hearts when we share and when we eat, the afelotos that I was talking about earlier. It reminds us in a sense of the words that we can find in Psalm 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I know so many of us are desperate to once again be able to open up our homes to our family, to our friends once lockdown begins to ease. And maybe at the time of recording and now you watching this, that will have begun to happen. I would just say, don't let's forget those people who have eaten on their own for the many, many weeks and months that have gone past. For the many people who live on their own, who may not have family and friends by whom they will be invited or whom they can share a meal. Maybe it is in time something we can do to include them and invite them to share a meal together once restrictions allow. And maybe when you're gathering together with your friends and your families as lockdown lifts and we're unable to do so, maybe there will be the opportunity to break the bread and to share in communion one with another to remind us and to give thanks to God, not only for what he's done all those years ago, but also that he's walked with us and we can give testimony to the way that he has walked with us in the last few weeks, months and year. So eating together is important, but secondly, eating together blesses people. If we think about some of the stories of Jesus that we can read about in the gospel accounts, we can see that food places a central part in each one or in many of those um, accounts. Let's think about the feeding of the 5,000 or the feeding of the 4,000. The sitting in the home of Zacchaeus or Simon the leper. There was a meeting with the disciples on the beach after, he had res- after, he'd, uh, after his resurrection. There was the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the cup as he had journeyed along with the disciples on the road to Emmaus before he returned and disappeared. And we could go on, couldn't we, looking through our gospel accounts and seeing the place of importance for God.
And that's why when we think about it, courses such as Alpha or Messy Church have such an important part to play when they eat together. Why Cafe Church sits around a table and they eat and they share and they talk together. It's through, as I've said, that deepening of relationship, through having done an activity or as we've talked about our faith or we've answered questions, we are eating and we are talking and we are learning. And often it's as we sit and as we eat, our inhibitions begin to go and we maybe feel more comfortable to ask those questions that actually we've been too afraid to ask on a Sunday or in a Bible study, but which really have troubled us and are at the heart of who we are. Eating together is also, it doesn't only bless people, but there's actually a really practical point that comes through eating together. Christian unions agree and admit that actually at universities, when they feed the students' stomachs, it's in order to enable them to eat and to have their thinking challenged, to have their minds opened, to be open and more receptive to the message that the Christian unions are giving. The way that they are engaging with them is through their stomach as well as through their minds. For some churches, for some communities, messy church and that importance of eating together around at the end of their messy church is important because that may be the only meal that family has that day in some parts of our country. Many of us will be familiar with hunger lunches or Christian aid lunches where little or basic food is offered and served and the idea is that the person eating donates the equivalent that they would have spent on their ordinary own lunch and so they receive little but they give much. A practical way of blessing other people. But Jesus also talks about the need to be inclusive In Luke 14, verses 14 to 16, it says, Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or your sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbours, because if you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind, and then you will be blessed. And although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. One of the things that was particularly highlighted in the media at the beginning of the first lockdown was the generous way that so many people wanted to help one another. There were such practical ways that that was shown, wasn't there, as they collected prescriptions or as they brought food to the door or as they delivered essential items or did whatever it was that was needed to be done by the people who weren't able to get out because they were shielding. We saw again and again and again that people were giving without expecting to have anything back in return. Do you know, one of the privileges we have had as a ministry team during the lockdown, both the first, second and this one, is that we have been donated hampers and food vouchers and gifts that we have had the privilege of taking to people who we have known have struggled or just need a blessing or just need to have that helping hand at a point in need. And we've been blessed because we were able to take them. The people who received them were blessed because of the gift. And the people who gave, who gave anonymously, were able to give without expecting a return and were blessed in the process. 
many of you I know have given extra food to the food bank because we recognise that so many families and individuals and that's not talking about people out in the community but even people here within our church have had need because of lockdown and the impact that's had negatively on our daily lives. And perhaps we may not have physically been eating together with those who've benefited by our acts of generosity, but by the very act of giving. We know that others have been blessed and God has blessed us too. One of the saddest consequences of the meeting place, uh, of the ministry of lockdown, sorry, one of the saddest consequences of the lockdown is that the ministry in the meeting place has had to come to a halt because it was so often there that we as a church and as individuals are able to bless others. And wouldn't it be great to know that that will be starting up again so that we can continue to bless others through that ministry? And then thirdly, Eating together reminds us of the promise to come. So eating together is important. Eating together is a way that we can bless people. And thirdly, eating together reminds us of the promise to come. Isaiah 25 verses 6 to 8 says, On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich people for all, a rich food for all peoples. A banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. And on this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. There we are in that passage from Isaiah 25, being reminded of the Lord Almighty, the Lord who is sovereign over all, the Lord who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords sitting at that table himself on Mount Zion. That mountain, that place which is so important in Jewish history, where the sovereign Lord, the Lord Almighty will welcome his guests to his table, where only as we can read the best will be served. And the cost of that was his death on the cross. The Lord Almighty Jesus is the sum and the substance of all that is eaten. And he gave his life for all. For all his people, Jew and Gentile, male and female, young and old. For any and every nation, for every and, ev every and any ethnic group and political ent entity. Jesus' death was for all. It is because of Jesus we are made spiritually alive. We can have a spiritual taste and a, and a living faith in Christ because of what he did at that cross. The food that is on offer is the best and the finest. It's in stark contrast with the food that was eaten by the Israelites as they were going through the wilderness that we can see back in Exodus when they were having to eat the manna and the quail and the water that came out of the rock. Here we are having it described as a feast of rich food, the best of meats and the finest of wines. If we go back to that table where the disciples were sat with Jesus on that last evening, a scene that's been depicted so many times in pieces of artwork and in paintings and in sculptures, they had little awareness that over 2,000 years later, we would still be remembering 
and still be giving thanks for what happened all those years ago. For them, they were sat around a table doing something that they had done countless times before. On that particular occasion, it was to mark the Passover. But as we look at Jewish history, as we read our Old Testament, we see again and again that is what was important to the Jewish family, to the people of Israel, was to sit around the table and to mark and to remember God's work in their lives and in the lives of the people of Israel. And here in this passage where they are marking and celebrating and remembering Passover, Jesus broke the bread and lifted the cup. It was a visual reenactment of his body being lifted up on that cross. It was his body being broken as he broke the bread. As the blood was poured out, so he lifted the cup to remind us that it was done for us as individuals, but also for us as in the whole of humanity. For all people everywhere, both now, then and forevermore. And Jesus at the table thanked God for the bread and for the wine. And he shared it with his friends saying, remember me. And so when we gather at the table, yes, we do so as an act of remembrance, but it's not just an act of remembrance of looking back, but an acknowledgement of what it means to us today and of the promise that there is to come when we can eat again with him in glory. And as we remember that we are the body of Christ, so we remember that Jesus' body was divided and dismembered. We are individuals, but together Christ died for us all. We are all loved by God, and yet he knows us individually too. When we hear those familiar words that I will be reading in a moment or two, we are again reminded of the story of Christ's death, and resurrection and of his coming in glory. Yes, we have opportunity to give thanks for all that he has done, for the good work that Jesus has begun and that God will bring it to completion as it reminds us in Philippians 1 verse 6. We're also reminded that actually when we come, yes, we give thanks, yes, we remember, but we also need to say sorry. We also need to have that act of confession where we seek to bring peace and reconciliation both to our lives and to the lives of those we may have hurt. As we share in the bread and the cup shortly, as we gather in our separate places to share in that bread and that cup, maybe in the song that we'll be singing next, you need to take a moment just to pick a phone up or to say sorry to someone that you know. When we share in the bread and in the cup, we will be reminded that the spirit is dwelling within us. And that as we go along our pathway, wherever that pathway is like and wherever it will be going to in the future, we have the confidence of knowing that his spirit is dwelling in us and that we will get to share that food again with him in heaven, in the new heaven and the new earth. We can anticipate the heavenly banquet that is to come for all of us as we hunger and thirst. And so as we come in a moment to, to, to give thanks for what God has done, let us do so, recognising that we can do it because God has blessed us. God has given his life for us. We have the hope too, 
As it said in Psalm 23, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. We have been poured out an abundance of blessing by God for us, both here and in the days to come. Amen. We're going to sing, Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice. And as we sing this song, as I say, maybe we just need to take a time out or to pick a phone call up or to say sorry to someone or just to give to God that which we know is heavy on our heart and that he's challenging us about. But now we sing. And so we come to the table and we remember. 1 Corinthians 11 verses 23 onwards, a bit further on from when I was reading earlier, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we do indeed give you thanks for this bread and for this cup. We give you thanks for the fact that you were the sacrifice upon that cross. We give you thanks that you were willing to do that because of your love for us. And so, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your overwhelming love. As once again, we think upon that cross where you died. But Lord, we recognise that actually we do need to say sorry. And so we use the words that will be familiar to so many of us. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our fellow men in thought and word and deed. Through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, we are truly sorry and we repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life. To the glory of your name. Amen. I'm using a hot cross bun today, reminding us of the cross on the top, the cross on which Jesus died. His body broken for you. His cup poured out for you and for me. As we eat and as we drink, we give thanks and we listen to the words of the song, I'm lost in wonder because Jesus chose the cross. Let us come before God with our prayers of intercession. Each of these intercessions begins with an echo from one of the Psalms to root our prayer in scripture and to find our inspiration. Towards the end of each part, I will say those words, Lord, in your mercy, if you could respond, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for those 
who are sick. <clears throat> Psalm 36 has the words, Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. We pray for those who are unwell, maybe due to coronavirus, a cancer, or other illness. In your compassion, Lord, we pray that you will grant them strength and healing. Lord, in this moment of silence now, we name them before you, each in our own home. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for our health workers. Psalm 20 has these words. In the day of trouble you answer us, O Lord, and you protect us. You send us help and give us support. We pray for all who minister to the sick through our health service that they may renew their strength in you and be channels of restoration and renewal for those who suffer. We particularly pray for our nurses and doctors at Queen's Hospital and King George's Hospital. We pray for our GPs and those who support them in the nursing around the GP practice. We pray for those who are administering the vaccines at the moment and all who have given up leave and their safety to care for the other. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the anxious. Psalm 34 says these words, you are near to the broken-hearted Lord and you saved the crushed in spirit. We pray for those who are anxious about loved ones, friends and neighbours. We pray for those who are anxious about their life, their work, their homes. Enable them to trust in you and to be steadfast in hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the lonely and isolated. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. We pray for all those who feel isolated or alone, that they may experience your loving presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the strong and the vulnerable. Psalm 113 says, Lord, you raise the poor and lift the needy. 
We pray, Lord, that you would inspire those who are strong to care for the vulnerable and to serve them in love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the church. Psalm 137 says, How can we sing your song, O Lord, in these strange times? We pray for your church who long to praise you throughout this strange and confusing time. Through your creative spirit, fire our imaginations to proclaim your unchanging love in new ways. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those in authority. Psalm 55 says, We cast our burdens upon you, O Lord, and you sustain us. We pray for all in authority who face difficult decisions that affect the lives of many. Grant them wisdom, Lord, and courage. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our scientists and those engaged in research. Psalm 147 says, O Lord, you are a great hand and abundant in power. Your understanding is beyond measure. Lord, we pray for all those engaged in research who are seeking to develop vaccines that work and remedies for coronavirus to work out the best way to roll out the vaccine program and to try and chart the future. Grant them wisdom and understanding and effectiveness in their endeavours. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for traders and employees. Psalm 27 says, Lord, you are the light of our salvation. Whom shall we fear? You are the stronghold of our life. Of whom shall we be afraid? We pray for traders and employees who fear the future. That businesses may be secured, jobs protected and families supported. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who face hardship. The Psalmist 145 says, The eyes of all look to you, and you give them food in due season. We pray for all those facing financial hardship, that you would support and sustain them. We remember also those who seek to fulfil Christ's command to love one another, through the works of food banks and charities, and through simple acts of kindness.
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those in education. Psalm 29 verse 11 says, Lord, you give strength to your people and you bless them with peace. We pray for all in education at this uncertain time. Inspire those who feel bored or directionless. Protect the vulnerable. Give fresh hope to the dismayed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who have lost loved ones. Psalm 16 says, Lord, you show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. With sadness, we remember those who have lost their lives over this last year due to the coronavirus or other reasons. We name them before you now, Lord. Give us thankful hearts for the privilege of knowing them and strengthen our faith in your Son who died for us and rose again in glory that we might share in his victorious life. We pray for those who weep and mourn that they will find comfort and hope in you. Lord, in your mercy... Hear our prayer. Lord of life, in this time of crisis for families and communities, our nation and our world, we turn to you in faith to seek your guidance, to receive your blessing, knowing that nothing in all creation can separate us from your love, made known to us in your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We ask this in the name of him who took our infirmities and bore our diseases, who suffered at the cross and rose again triumphant, and lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God, ever one God, world with tent. And Lord, as we bring our prayers, we thank you for all that you have given to us. We thank you for the opportunities to give to you, and Lord, we just bring our offerings to you, as an act of worship. Take our offerings, take our money, and use them for your glory, we pray. Amen. Hopefully you have received the notice sheet that has come out. If you haven't and you want to receive it, please let the church office know. There's a link on this website that you're watching this service that will, you'll be able to do that particularly remind you that we have the prayer meeting on Tuesday and we'll be meeting on Wednesday to continue our well-being course and you'll be really welcome in that. If you have children, grandchildren, you want to refer them to the stuff that Hannah's been doing for them to help them to celebrate their faith or to meet with Jesus, please do use that as you can. We will be meeting again on, in person hopefully next Sunday and online as well. 
and you will be welcome to join us. Our final hymn this evening is that great hymn, Tell Me the Stories of Jesus. May God bless you and lead you as we continue this journey through Lent. And now may the blessing of God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Our final song as we go out, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. God bless you.